Ladies and gentlemen and NPs, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Repeat Podcast, your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Ciao. Let's go! Davinky? Davinky? Anyway, yeah, so... It's the Christmas episode. Christmas! Anyway, um... (laughs) So, um... Yeah, uh... There was a lot of wrestling this week that was there to review. There was some wrestling. There was some, some holiday bash. I'm glad that we only got like one thing that was like holiday. Thank you for resisting the holiday bullshit, Tony Khan. Thank God. No, All but right. I'm still fucking pissed. Someone needed to hit someone with that tree. I want to see Kenny to pick it up like a fucking lightsaber and hit someone. Listen, he tried. He tried. <laughs> hey, listen, Penta tried. It fell yeah. apart. It literally fell apart. <clears throat> They, they, what, what is it Taz called it? It was one of those three-piece gimmicks or something like that. Yeah. Well, let me clear my throat because I'm dying over here. I don't know if you can see Yeah, bag city is what it should have Anyway, been so now I sound like a normal human being again. So, yeah, a lot of wrestling to talk about this week. Before we get into that, though, there's actually one thing I wanted to uh, shout out that we did this last week before. I, whenever. I, time is irrelevant because, actually, it was like on Thursday or something that we did. It. No, Thursday. That's that's not correct. Tuesday that we did it or something <laughs> like that. Or was it Monday? Does it really matter? Like I said, time isn't real. Um, so whatever day that was on, uh, we did that. And then uh, so make sure you go check out the awards show that we did. We did a 2022 AEW Awards. Um, that's available in your podcast feeds on whatever platform that you happen to be listening to on right now. You can find that on us. Uh, just search Eat Sleep Elite and you should, we should come up. I, I, I haven't actually searched that on any of the platforms. I'm pretty sure yeah, we'd come most up. Most of them, yeah. Know. I mean, it, it, it pops up from what, from what I've seen, especially on uh, Spotify. It's usually at the top right away. And then, so, yeah, yeah, even if you can't find it there, find it somewhere and you'll be able to find that that particular bit of audio that we did last last. Uh, in the last week um there's some interesting stuff on there i'll I'll probably make some like subtle nods to it throughout the show uh for people that i picked and stuff like that um however because you know that they were featured but if they weren't featured like a whole lot and that's a great excuse to talk about it but anyway um that being said uh there was some there's some other stuff that we should get into first like the orders of business we take care of at the top of the show like you can follow me and charlie on twitter at Bane Duke, that's me on Twitter, B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E, and you can follow Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. I also stream on uh, Twitch uh, like three to four or five days out of the week. I've been streaming like eight to nine hours of stream lately, so literally Put, if you... Putting in the work, seriously. If, if you, uh, Hello, if you flip on my what channel... Have we here? Yeah, if you flip on my channel, I'm probably on most of the time these days, because uh, I've been like just absolutely annihilating the Mass Effect trilogy uh again even though i just played through it once and i'm just like you know what i already did it. i disappeared for a week and now let's not disappear for a week so anyway um Play some slap nut. yeah some slap nut radio anyway um <laughs> Thank you. so that being said uh you can also make sure you check out uh or sorry make sure you follow and or subscribe or whatever the happens whatever it happens to be like you know the that version of that on whatever platform you're listening to on that could be apple Podcasts, google Google Podcasts, spotify (laughs) uh like pandora you know like um there's also like uh iheart there's also like you know there's lots of platforms whatever platform you're on do the thing all right also leave us a five-star frog splash review five-star frog splash does anyone even hit a frog splash besides wheeler you did in aew we gotta find another move not really i mean honestly it's i think a... there's like a female wrestler that does maybe 
Maybe. Like those odds. Uh, dude, someone did a frog splash. Anyway, um, <clears throat> Ethan Page, I want it to be you. Anyway, um, <laughs> big <laughs> just, man frog just splash. Because, yes. Um, some big meat flying through the air. But anyway, um, that being said, though, uh, that takes us to our first segment of the show, bah, 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 which is favorites. I don't know what the fuck that was, but um, <laughs> it was like a transition. Yeah, literally. <laughs> It takes us right to uh, to our favorites, which uh, I believe. Wait, I wait, is it me first this week? Hold. Oh. Nope, uh, we're evens. At uh, episode son of a thirty six. So you guys know already know we're kicking this off. Um, I mean, look, there was some there was some fun stuff this week, <clears throat> and you know we're, we'll keep it in with the holiday bash here. So, um, we're going with the first match. I was gonna say the opener of Dynamite, but technically it wasn't. But it was the first match, so it'll get the uh, it'll get the goods here. That was the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with Don Callis, Brandon Cutler, Cutlet, and Michael Cutlet. Nakazawa uh, defeated AEW Trios champions Death Triangle Pack Lucha Bros, and with Alex Eberhantis in a no DQ match, and this was to win match five of the best seven series, and it is now three to two. Okay, I knew this match was going to be off the rails when I saw Cutlet in the uh, elf costume, but here we go. We kick it off and. One of the first things that happens is Michael Nakazawa hit a corner splash on Penta. Brandon Cutler tried to do it, but was cut off by Aberhentis. And he suffered cold spray to the eyes. Um, don't fuck with that cold spray, man. Seriously. That shit will do you in. Take you right out. Take you right out of here. Here's the thing, man. This is just a lot of fun. This was This was a holiday bash. And like you said off the top here, I mean, we didn't really... Not everything was completely gimmicked tonight and it nor was it uh, on friday it we didn't just, do anything like around thanksgiving or halloween really either like i'm glad i'm glad that's a wwe thing Get that we don't need motherfuckers with pumpkins on their head you know what i'm saying uh, uh, p- s- pumpkin head cesaro was kind of funny though it was great but not everything needed it so they and this is this is something they do they just give these matches you know your ghostbusters if you will they just give these matches to the elite because they know if anyone can have fun with it and still kind of pull it off right, it's going to be these guys. Yeah, literally Mr. Gimmicks themselves. Like, you so, know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you do it around them. There are some great spots. Uh, the table spots were fantastic. Uh, like I said, the Christmas tree was awesome, although I do wish. There was part of my brain that kept waiting for Kenny to pick it up and swing it like a lightsaber, just cracking heads. That's didn't a, happen. It, he, listen, he had the broom. He didn't need it. <laughs> He had the broom. The broom was he, fucking devastating. It started, <clears throat> excuse me, the barbed wire started coming apart. It was not fun. Yeah, uh, he was. He had to pull it out of his ass. That had to hurt. Hey that, yo, it got it, that gets a little too close to comfort, man. He might have been pulling that out of his sack, but hey. no need for that. Um, no, this was again. I, I I don't know. This is match five of this, and I'm I'm not even like close. I'm cool with it. Keep it going. And I knew with these teams it would be like this because they're going to keep doing something different every week. As we called last week, the ankle played a part. The ankle is going to play a part going forward. Um, so is uh, the hammer. The the hammer, they 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 cracked head, Kenny over the, the skull again. And he, this time he kicked out. So it's almost like he's gaining, he's gaining immunity. <laughs> he's becoming hammer-proof. He's becoming hammer-proof. Um, no, but the Young Bucks ended up winning this. Uh, Nick and Matt hit a melt driver off the top on Phoenix to win the match. But post-match, Pack and Penta 
just fucking laid waste, bloodying Nick up badly. So, yeah, I think we're starting to see the Death Triangle really become dark. And, you know, maybe it's not... Their name is Death Triangle. It is Death Triangle. But maybe we're not going to see Phoenix as the only one in the light anymore. So, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays off. Because he is now... He's getting pretty dark here, man. Um, But, yeah, that being said, Garrett... Uh, what did you think of this? We're three to two to the surprise of no one. We're definitely getting to that uh, that match uh, January 11th. You know, that's going to happen. This is going to go to the seventh match, of course. So to no one's surprise of that, what did you think of this? And uh, the holiday the holiday bash no DQ match we had. I was expecting there to be like some big spectacular spot in this match. And it just never really happened, you know? Yeah, there wasn't like that one spot. I guess the Tiger Driver with. like – on the barbed wire brew maybe was supposed to be it, but that just didn't really feel like that new to me. I was expecting it to be something like with tables or something. Like we got a couple table spots, but maybe they were supposed to be synced up and that's what the problem was. Like they just couldn't get the timing right or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, there's going to be some images we're, we're going to leave in our heads following this match. That's, I was just expecting to be something, you know, like I, I, you know, normally the young bucks and especially death triangle, like to pull something out, you know, something big and, Maybe maybe Phoenix is a little hesitant after the last one they tried to do broke his arm. You know, I don't. Maybe I don't know, but like, uh, I always gotta wonder if that plays into it because that I mean, that you play to, into it for me. They always say like they take these unnecessary risks and then it only hurt, it only gets really a big excuse me. It only really becomes a big problem every once in a while on one of those kinds of like dive through table spots, right? But like, you know, I mean, I could see you being like, uh, I'm not saying trying to say the guy's like afraid or anything, but I could understand being like, I don't know if we're going to do this every time if if you get hurt on one thing like yeah, that. We got to make know? it to that ladder match. We can Absolutely. do what we got to do in the ladder match, but we got to make it there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So but I, I do, you know, like Tiger Driver on the broom, the one winged eagle. One winged, I can speak English, I swear. The one winged angel rolled through spot like that little like uh, sort of victory roll through that. That looked really clean. Yeah. Um, moonsault with the trash can is always a nice spot. I always forget about that spot because I'm like, yeah, why would you do that with the trash can? It seems really dumb. And then Kenny Omega does it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it it works. Yeah, <laughs> right, it works. It just I like that like those hell. trash cans are gimmicked enough where they can just crack each other over the head and not even feel it. Yeah, and it also makes it look like they like bashed their skulls and oblivion looks beautiful. with it. It's yeah. it's literally can't miss wrestling. It's the great. It's whoever figured out those trash cans folded in like they did. You know, like the original ones they used. I'm sure because I'm sure they didn't gimmick them at first. You know, but like whoever figured that out that you could not hurt a guy but like still mess one of those things up pretty bad. Like genius. You know, it's yeah. like whoever figured out those gimmick tables. You know what I mean? Like it's like smart. You know, thousand percent. And um, yeah, so. That being said, we had your favorite, which I think is going to be a lot of people's favorite this week. This was a, a really fun one. Honestly, it makes me really wish we had waited another week because this could have been one of the contenders for match of the year. Honestly, like, um, I don't think that's overselling it, to be honest with you. Um, no, no. And maybe if we like look at like um, maybe what we should do, Charlie, is like we should consider this portion of the year that's in between the start of next year and now to be considered part of next year. So like maybe this could be a potential match of next year, even though it's technically this year, but we already did our awards. So, you know, but I, I don't know how we'll, we'll work that out at a later date. But there was a couple things on between this week that I could toss in consideration for sure. Yeah. Which this uh, being yeah. for a match, one of them. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, we had uh, obviously Jamie Hader taking out Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship. And we started with a really nice exchange of strikes. You know, like there was like the hint at the beginning from Excalibur that uh, when you talk to uh, Jamie Hader, she said she's going to be like a AAA women's match, which, a, 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 or a AAA, sorry, a uh, all Japan AAA women's match. I don't even know if AAA has a women's division. However, the uh, it was really like an all Japan women's match, which I didn't even know existed, and we'll now have to figure out what the hell that means. Um, uh, which sounds awesome though, given the history of all Japan wrestling. So, um, that being said, though, um, uh, like I said, it started with really nice exchange of strikes. So we're going to get a Japanese style match here for those who know Jamie Hader's backstory or back background in wrestling that's obviously not anything that's going to surprise you because that's where jamie Hader came up as a wrestler um was in japan so you know makes complete sense we had a really physical match here uh, i wrote it in my in my notes because it was said by taz but Sheeta brings the wood i'm just gonna leave that there um <laughs> listen i meant with the strikes but you know i thought about it after i wrote it in my notes i was like oh that's gonna sound interesting anyway so um that being said uh, so the number eight has never is never gonna be the same in aw which is what i wanted oh um, no <laughs> i had a nice brain buster to the floor oh which was really nice that's a nice uh, it's not the simmons award this week but it was in consideration for sure um there's a really clean knee strike that she hit as well i just thought it was a really incredible match from the beginning to the end there was a couple yeah. of near falls on like the sit out power bomb and that first lariat, um, which was just like nuts. And then uh, just what a reaction yeah. to, fin- to the finish. Because uh, it's wild to me that JB Hader is like more over as a heel than most of the women are as baby faces. As baby faces, like I, it's it, like I, I find that awesome. It just means that they have the title on the right person right now. Clearly, you know, like. Um, and then we had a little bit post match beat down action. Uh, where Soraya and Tony Storm make the save. Um, so obviously, I mean, does that do we know now for sure who we think Soraya is bringing now, or did, what? 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 Does this signal that it's Tony Storm? What? What are we? What are we getting? From if it the is Tony Storm, they need to announce it. Don't don't go into this and let it be Tony Storm when the Sasha thing's making its waves like it is. Yeah, if that's the plan here, then they should just, just announce make it's that. Tony yeah. Storm. We'll all be happy. But don't don't let that rumor mill fly and get people disappointed by what it should be. What what what's that saying we used to? Uh, your expect expectations. Ah, fuck, I'm blanking. You know what I'm talking I about. I don't. I can't remember it either because I always try and bring it up uh, to people, and I can't remember it now. But uh, shout outs. To, I think it was R was it R and B that said that. I don't remember. No, it's yeah. uh, it's Campia, but it doesn't really matter. The the point is, don't don't let what you're expecting to be like. Don't. Your, the way I like to put it is if your head your head cannon is an actual cannon like just because you want it to be something doesn't mean it's going to be um and oftentimes you'll find out like I did with the show andor that no matter what you how much you thought what you was good something can be made that's even better so um so keep that in mind so even if it's not Sasha banks even if it's not Tony storm and it turns out not to be Sasha banks you can't yes. let that inform what you like how you perceive who it is because don't let your speculation become expectation ah, Boom, there good, it is good quote good quote so yeah that's something that i think i mean you and i we, we're you know, i'm we're pretty bad in. about that to be honest with you i still let it happen a lot of times but like most of the time my expectations are pretty pretty on point with wrestling so i mean you know like it's just that's like that's something that it's like you know but and I also just... I mute them. I don't like go like I used to have these fucking wild ideas about what would be these like these gigabrained wrestling stories based on like what I was paying attention to at the time. But like it just doesn't matter. Like just yeah, do no. what you want to do. 
do it. Do what you want to do and just do it. And here's the thing. You hit the nail on the head here. Jamie Hayter, Karoshita. They gave them all the time in the world and they fucking earned it. They deserved it. And they went out there and had a hell of a match. Now, the crowd was being a little difficult at first, but they won them over by the testament of their match that they had. I mean, we, Garrett, we have some serious hard hitting in the fucking women's division right now. And this women's division looks completely different today than it did at the beginning of the year. If, if you look at our holiday bash last year and you look at our holiday bash this year, I'm not kidding you. This Our, our women's division has completely changed. And it's so much for the better. They've had such a great year. And ending it on this, another women's main event, uh, which hopefully in 2023 we get more of, because I think we had uh, three or four this year. I think we had four. I'm going to say four. Um, th- let's let's get more than that next year, because if if they didn't prove it with this, the Karushita and Jamie Hayter, which, by the way, let's just take a moment and say again, the Karushita, she uh, she always fucking delivers. Literally, like, they, like it's not even a Which joke. Why I don't understand point. why she only gets brought in for like one match, and then all right, bye, Sheeta. Yeah, let's let's stop that now. Let's keep her here. She give her the Tony Storm run we just had. Let her be here every week in different feuds. She she was the feud with Serena D recently. That was really fantastic. Yeah, um, that was one of the better. I think that was one of the better matches on one of the pay per views. People said like, but not even counting. Brit and Jade, we Sheeta, Hater, Storm, Athena. You know when Thunder Rosa returns, Willow. We have so many women now that are turning into stars before our very eyes, and it's 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 giving us depth that we haven't had before. Now let's let me bring it back to this. Okay, this match, I think it's deserving all the love that it's getting, and I'm glad it is because uh, among the spots you named there, and just the different the story that was going throughout this. I mean, holy shit. This is her first title defense. Holy Sheeta. Holy Sheeta. And this is her first title defense for Jamie Hayter. And, like, uh, where do we go from here? If this title reign is a year long and it's this is just the start and we have matches like this over and over? Like, are you kidding me? I, I'm with you. I mean, I, you- I think that her getting over, it wasn't just by... It, it wasn't random. Everyone saw and if they didn't see it now they are how good jamie hater is as a wrestler and she can talk and like you name it man i think she's still a heel when she gets this baby face push which is eventually going to happen with brit turning you know brit's gonna fucking fuck her over you know we still yeah. have that feud coming the brit that's betrayal gonna be fantastic yeah what's gonna what, what's great is that we'll have like a year if you if it's like a year like you said we'll have a year of great title defenses she'll face people like willow and tony probably again and probably face uh you know potentially serena maybe if serena comes back as like a she'll face Brit, face. she'll face soraya she'll face thunder rosa you name yep. it and she'll face all those people fantastic and honestly we still might and get then brit will turn on her and she'll face brit and then who knows yep. what happens out of that maybe brit wins the title back maybe she doesn't you know you and name it yeah, and then who knows from there? So like we we could be potentially this could be the best title reign that we've had since we started covering this. Like, and it's crazy so, to I'm think because so we're in the glad. middle of Orange Cassidy's right now. You know, like what a what a what a title reign he's having. Um, I'm just so glad they got the time, man. It was 16 and a half minutes, so that was that was nice. This wasn't just eight minutes, you know, with a fucking commercial slapped in between. So really Slap good it. stuff. 
Slap nut. Really good stuff. And uh, yeah, so, okay. We're going to transition now. We got uh, some news. Not too much news this week. You guys kind of know how it is, the holidays and all that. There's probably going to be even less news next week. Um, we got some news. We're going to run through Elevation and Dark. And then we'll get the rest of Dynamite and Rampage. And then uh, we'll get out of here because uh, you guys... Happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. If you guys listen to this on Christmas or if you listen to it the night before, we appreciate that. Um, Fucking Grinchy. Glad you guys are uh, hanging with us on your holidays. Hanging and banging and slanging and tanging hanging and, and banging. Slanging absolutely. And so. Hey, 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 yeah, hey. absolutely. It is what the news so, there, bud. Yeah, so let's jump into the news. All right. Let's follow up with Mike Mansory. He, uh, you know, he was kind of talking to Ooh? Renee Paquette. Uh, yeah, that is a good thing. Who? Yes. Uh, Mike Mansory, we've been covering the past couple weeks. He, uh, is the new guy joining AW to kind of take over as the new senior VP in which he talked to Renee Paquette and yeah. So what's his mindset returning to wrestling? He said, AW is like finding an amazing gem that isn't fully polished. He was excited about being able to further build a brand that has only been around a few years. And even after I left WWE, I had always felt I had unfinished business with professional wrestling. Um, he opened up about why he left. A certain point in my career there, I wasn't really being able, wasn't really being developed any further. To me, Garrett, that is one of those lines that it sounds like he's a creative. He he wants to create new stuff. He wants it to be better. And I, I mean, I mean just seeing those teased images at the end of Rampage or in the middle of Rampage, like for what the new graphics are going to look like next year. looked really interesting. So it feels new, man. It in a good way. And I got to tell you, I am getting excited for this. Uh, uh, this, I feel like is something is people aren't talking about enough. This guy was literally put on the pedestal to be the next like guy running everything back there in WWE. And then he walked away because his creative mind, man, he, he, he's a creative and, I, and the last thing uh, we'll talk about here was it was a kind of a talk talking about his future. He said, I knew there was more I was capable of, but I had already excelled in everything they allowed me to do. I was looking for that new challenge, even if it was something outside of the scope of what people would define as my potential. It would have been nice to be able to spread wings a little bit and take on a new challenge. Once I realized I was in the lane that I was in and the path to the destination wasn't really going to change or even progress that much, I knew it was time to make a change. So, Dunn always made sure Mansory could walk before he ran professionally. He credited him with being a, quote, massive part of the position he is in right now. So, yeah, man, he is – this This is going to be big. I, I really think putting a fresh new spin on everything that we got going on is good for everything. And now there's going to be a lot of people out there who are, who are, you know, prone to change. We're humans. We don't, you know, we don't like change by our nature. That's just the way it is. Um, what? And, you know, I think he's going to come in with a fresh mind. He's not going to make this feel like WWE 2.0. That's never going to happen. I know people are worried about that. Like, oh, here we go. We're just going to 18,000 camera cuts. I just got to say something. Like, there's no universe where if if AEW eventually decides it wants to have a more competitive, like, look and feel and sort of style, there's no way you can avoid that. And you're never going to avoid that comparison. Yeah, because it's wrestling. The matter is... What you should do, and I think is hopefully what this new person is intending to do, is that they should just create their own style, their own unique brand of wrestling, 
yep. and not worry about trying to replicate that other style because yes inevitably there's going to be comparisons and if you try and throw back to like he's already tried to do with some i don't know if you've caught this charlie some of the set design feels reminiscent of the old wwe sets in some ways you know um like not necessarily but certainly when they do the throwback shows like bash the beats they always try and do a little bit of reference or like the like WWE does into your house stuff like there's you can't help but reference the history of wrestling especially in a place like AEW where the history of wrestling is just it's all history you know like um, absolutely so all wrestling lore is lore in AEW we are the wrestling multiverse that being said speaking of the multiverse new trademarks Wrestle Bowl and Wrestling Bowl have been trademarked by AEW I'm guessing Super Bowl Runs, Sunday weekend? Super Bowl, yeah, yeah, Super Bowl time. Do some kind of pay per view that weekend? That would be weird to compete with the Super Bowl. No, no, no. It's probably going to be the week of, right? Or like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like the, the, that Dynamite or something. Yeah, okay. The Dynamite Super Bowl championship. Yeah, that'll be pretty neat. That'll be fun. Um, all right, let's move on to something a little uncomfortable because why not, right? Miro. <laughs> if I had a nickel. Third week. <laughs> yes. Third week in a row, we're talking about Miro. Um, as you, as if you guys have been following along, you know, we've been talking like, you know, we agree. Where is he? Where is he back? What, what's going on? Well, time for some more stuff. Uh, so, um, this was broke by, I believe the wrestling observer and all signs are pointing that it sounds like, uh, everyone's agreeing with him. That's in, you know, Sean Ross Sapp, you name it. So Miro rejected a plans. For a match at full gear. So he hasn't wrestled since All Out. And he was presented and rejected creative plans that would have built to a match at full gear. The quote from Meltzer goes, in September, they came to him. Tony Khan came to Miro and he had an idea which would build to a match on the November 19th pay-per-view. And Miro didn't want to do it. It's weird. A lot of people who come from WWE are very Hmm. leery. Obviously, Brian Danielson being the exception about doing jobs. Then it becomes very difficult to book when you don't really want to do programs where you are going to lose. So, do you think he was going to be a? Do you think? Okay, here's my speculation. Do you think the plan was fatal four way for the TNT title? It could have been because that would make a lot more sense than this random triple threat we got. You know, I'm thick. No, well, because they I like to do four man matches that are big meat men for championships. That's a very AEW thing. Or do we know what this was supposed to be? Because I don't know if people have already speculated about this. We don't really do that anyway, but it's worth it in this situation, I think, because because we know it would have been something that was probably it's not like they just stopped whatever storyline it was, probably like Yeah, like who knows? Clearly it was a storyline where he was gonna lose at full gear. Now we could probably pick and point, you know, what 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 that would have been. I don't know. I'm just trying to think what they would have wrote him in last minute because it doesn't sound like they were planning on doing this in the. Yeah, this was going to be from September know? to November. So I think TNT title would make sense. Darby, you know, I would always say Darby Allen and him. It would make sense that they could have run that back. And Absolutely. he didn't want to lose to Darby again. But he didn't lose to Darby, did he? He beat Darby. So I don't know. I really. So there's some more quotes here. Kind of talking about the situation because there were some com- comments by his wife. CJ Perry, where she said, quote, everyone always returns back to WWE. So now, you know, Meltzer was kind of saying, will this hinder his return from happening, you know, going forward now? What, with the AW? AW? I mean, just because she says that, I mean, I don't think so. He said, now November's over and now we're in the new cycle and they were going to bring him back and try to come up with ideas for him. And they very well may. 
Then his wife comes in and says, well, you know, Rusev Day is going to come back and everybody goes back to WWE. When people go like, quote, he's not using this guy, it's like there's reasons. If you're going to play ball, that's fine. And if you really don't want to, if you're just biding your time to go somewhere else, then it should be different. That's the basic situation. If you are an AEW and you want to be gone, I think one thing you should do is don't go public and say it. Or don't have your family members go public and say it because then, if I'm the promoter, I've got other guys I can push. So I would say keep quiet if that's your goal because saying it will probably just hurt the amount of TV time you get, and rightfully so. So Meltzer, I, mean, I think you know, it's also possible that CJ Perry would rather him be back in WWE now that Triple H is in charge, and that she just said that because that's possible. what she wants. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that necessarily is an indictment on Miro that he wouldn't, because I'd like to imagine that. Miro is enough of a professional that he wouldn't like. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, though, we're in uncharted territory because the wrestling business is full of fucking carny motherfuckers who will at the moment. I mean, what is it we talked about a while back was no way Jose like using a promoter's plane to get to an AEW event. You know what I mean? Which didn't even end up working out for him, but he did it, you know, but that's the kind of people we're dealing with, you know, like people that will, will do that because they benefit. you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so- here's, here's what I'm going to say. Here's here's what I'll say. If true, and we're going to put if there, because again, you never know. But if he did reject creative plans. He has the right to do that. And he's still bitching about not being used. Well, dude, this is the fucking wrestling business, man. Sometimes you're going to fucking lose. And you know what? You, you He had a great undefeated run. He was big and tall. You know, he had a great, he was fucking very protected here. And I can I understand him being a little annoyed that the one guy that he lost to, Sammy, right? Like, that he didn't end up doing anything with it. And that's I fair. think he's only lost to two people, right? He's lost to Sammy and Danielson. That's it. Right, and Danielson, you can and just scratch that guy's, off. That's whatever, it's Danielson. And now you know? this, if true, if, again, prefacing if, because if it's all bullshit and he's, you know, wanting to get back and he never was offered these plans, obviously my opinion changes here. But come on, man, seriously. Like, everyone wants you back. They want to root for you. But yet, you don't want to put over the next guy? I don't think it's a simple Why, why can't people learn from Danielson? Why can't they learn from Jericho? Jericho just put over fucking action Andretti. And guess what? Andretti came out this week. He felt like a star. He was on Dark this week. He got a fucking big reaction. The only person that got a bigger reaction than him was Kenny fucking Omega. And yet, you don't want to make the next guy. And this, this is, it's this old fucking weird, like territory shit, man. I don't even think it's that. This is something that has existed ever since wrestlers were around. There's always been backstage politicking where people didn't want to lose. That's what it is. It's backstage politics. It's not something that's like a a relic of the, that, that has existed all the way up into like, uh, you know, you could pick your favorite wrestlers from the bygone eras, like Shawn Michaels and Brett both did backstage politicking that led to one of the biggest scandals in wrestling history, you know, like, so look at FTR. They put over the acclaimed Briscoes and the fucking guns all within like a a, a week stretch, two week stretch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they don't mind it. And yet everyone still realizes they're the living legends. This doesn't hurt them because they fucking lost to the guns or the acclaimed. It doesn't hurt them one bit. Yet you, you, you can see where I'm coming. Like, I, I honestly mean, think at this point I'm starting to wonder if it may just be for the best for Miro to end up back in WWE. You know, I like, think it is because if I'm just going to throw this out there because he didn't have a match. If it was Hook, if they were going to put him against Hook, because it makes sense, and he just didn't want to put over Hook because if Hook beat Miro, you you're going to agree with me here. 
how big would that be for his career? That would be the win we're talking about. I honestly don't about. know because Miro is never on TV, so I have no yeah. idea. I have no, no but, idea. But I he's mean, always been he's protected. Known, but, like, has, but this is the question. Because of how unused, underutilized Miro has been throughout his but career, maybe he won like, like one championship. He, he would have been here since September. It would have made sense. Assuming he was there for that long, I mean, maybe, but he would have had to have done something interesting in that time to begin with, which most he of the Miro segments have been kind of hit or miss, depending on who he's feuding with, you know? So. Yeah, he would have came back at all out, had them, you know, he did the match with Danielson, and then he would have immediately jumped into a hook thing. He probably would have beat a shitload of people along the way. It wouldn't feel like it is now because he's been gone for three months. It's just it's it's so frustrating. The to me. absence so, in the wrestling business is is it will kill your career. So I, and I just hope he doesn't stay off for too much longer, regardless. And of what happens. oh my god, on top of this, this is when we were dealing with all the fucking suspensions and injuries and everything. You name and we it. could have had Miro the whole time, and he could have been here. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna place Hook here because it, to me it makes sense if it would have been Hook, or that that's what I'm gonna say it is. Just because I think that makes the most sense. And maybe he just didn't want to put him over for whatever fucking reason. But let's move on from this. Was there anybody on full gear that we thought would have been on full gear that wasn't besides Hook, obviously? But, but I mean, Hook wasn't really on TV up in the lead up to that I, I think either, we got but... it. I think we nailed it. It's either Hook or, or the you like you said, the, the four-way. It could have been a four-way. Like four straight big meat. You name it. Because it wasn't no. going to be Jungle Boy. It wasn't going to be Jericho. I mean, it could have been Jungle Boy. It could have been Jungle Boy. I could see Jungle Boy well, but his, getting a singles match on the pay-per-view. You know? Yeah. That would have made could. sense where he was because he didn't do anything for that month. You know what I mean? So, I mean. I just, this this stumped hook. I, I wouldn't be, you know what? It probably is hook. Fuck's sake. But, all right. Well, let's move on from that. So, uh. The hookening. The hookening. We'll move on from the hookening. If you want to take us through Dark elevation this week I, I believe we had more people tossed in the uh the meat grinder huh uh wait <laughs> did, did we was uh, oh yeah we did hey it's right we had a fucking title match but anyway we had aw dark w- elevation episode 94 which opened up with marina shavir so that new music that she got like last week or two weeks ago whatever it was um so much better it, <laughs> like, it seriously slaps yes um so it's a vibe um and we had no Nyla or Vicky. Um, she had a hell of a head kick and then uh, choked her out with her own arm. Uh, Jesus Christ! All right then. <laughs> um, I got. I like Marina Shafir. I mean, I know a she lot of people think she's just dog. I don't know. I just I like her on her own. I'm not gonna lie. I there's something there, and I just speaking of potential, don't know what it is. We had Ethan Page, Matt back, back Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy backstage, letting us know that Mark Quinn would not be involved in the dark match because he was not cleared to compete. But it actually had more to do with Stokely being like, "Nah, I go home." So I, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Was nah, he injured? Was he not? I don't. I don't fucking remember. Doesn't really matter. We had Amy Sakura and the Bunny taking on uh, some jobbers. We had Penelope Ford there as well. Enemy uh, Sakura continuing to troll the enemy. We had a nice tea time success that was also very distracting. I'll leave you to figure out why that was in the in the comments. <laughs> There's no comments on this. I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, the uh, yeah, and uh, they had some we will chop you. Uh, the the uh, jobber named Gigi had a nice enziguri, and then we had a down the rabbit hole, and then Sakura doing like like a flatliner looking thing, and uh, then she proceeded to vol- violate the bald man again. Um, I, I I I don't know what's going on there with her and Stefan Smith, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> speaking of Ethan Page that we mentioned before, we had Ethan Page, Top Flight, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Takanosuke Takeshita 
taking on Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi, Ryan Nemeth, Slim J, Jeeves, Jeeves K, and Sunny Kiss. A 12-man tag match on Dark. Okay, Charlie, first of all, throw everyone in that's got nothing to do, for, for one. Yep, get, but just two, get them on the live show. Yep. Okay. Uh, we had a big pop for Takeshita. That was nice. And we also had a sign in the, in the crowd that said, uh, Takeshita is the GOAT, which uh, I think I've said many a times on this show. Um, and uh, we had Ethan saying no to a tag and twist of fate at one point. Um, I actually wrote this in my notes, Charlie. I think Menard is like actually a generational commentary talent. Like he is fucking fantastic. Like, it's good, been good such a seamless transition yes. for him. Like I don't know how he decided. Like I don't know. I know I was one of the people that was like, "Yeah, let's keep this going." When they first did it, because I'm sure they just did it because they needed somebody that day. But like, what what a weird find. I wonder if he just wanted to do that. Um, there was also someone that said. Uh, <clears throat> I think I think Paul White said lightning bolts in a can at one point, but it sounded like he said in a cannon, and that's like my favorite phrase of all time now. Uh, lightning bolts in a cannon. So um, it's something I need to write down for a sci-fi story. But anyway, um, and then Ethan Page stole a pin and hit his own twist of fate. Uh, and Kadosuke looked really strong in this match, and it was pretty good overall. It was just like I was like, what the hell is going on? There's so many people. Yeah, there when more people started coming, I'm like, what's going? I guess we know now why they've been using Jeeves instead of uh, Parker. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have Eddie Kingston and Ortiz taking on taking a Hagane Shino and Steven Andrews. Um, and I also wrote at this point in my, in my notes that I think Matt and Paul as a commentary duo work really well. I think they actually have kind of like worked really well together the last couple times they've been together, so that's good. Imagine having Matt on your roster for two and a half years and not doing shit with him until the fucking month before you release him. Imagine Leave having that, two huh? dimes and thinking he was sleeping with the fishes. But anyway, um... <laughs> So anyway, we had a no post match beat down here from Eddie, so I guess they're dropping that. Unless we'll get to it when we come to to Rampage. There's some interesting stuff there that might yeah. maybe they're not dropping that. Maybe this was intentional. Anyway, uh, Eddie did a little hip shake at the end with uh, Ortiz. That was fun. Uh, we had Vert. I've Vixen. enjoyed. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've enjoyed having Hagane Shino. Uh, uh, he keeps almost dying on springboards. I'm over him. <laughs> I've enjoyed him have a have a decent match or right, anyway so we had vert vixen taking on uh athena for the ring of honor this was this was for the ring of honor women's world championship right let me double check here i think it was but if it wasn't nope. it wasn't really nope. it made it seem like it was nope, to retain the title correct it, it was okay it was. okay okay i thought so i thought so i couldn't i, I wrote it in my notes that way great but week I, for vert vixen by the way absolutely uh, except for the fact that she got drop kicked into another fucking dimension at the beginning of this match um she beat the shit out of her. Uh, she raked back on the cross face and then won and then beat her down with the belt afterward. Uh, God damn it. Someone check her in the back before her other title match this week. What the fuck? All right. Um, and then in the main event of the evening, we actually had a pretty decent main event this week for Dark uh, Elevation 94. We had Yuta and Claudio taking on the work as horsemen. I actually wrote down, I, I think I have come up with the name for Wheeler and Claudio as a tag team, which is pure honor. Um... I like it. It fits. Because, you know, pure champion, ring of honor champion. And they're probably not changing anytime soon. So fuck it. Just if they're, they're called the Blackpool combat club. I don't care. Um, I, 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 I think Henry would actually be a great opponent for a wheeler, uh, with that title. Um, so that would be cool. Um, actually, honestly, both, both, you did a match of like JD Drake versus Claudio and also a match of like, uh, wheeler versus Anthony Henry. 
I feel like either of those matches would be good. And, and fuck it, throw any of them against each other. They'd be good. But um, there's a big boot and a leg sweep. That was nice. And then the, there was a nice Michinoku, excuse me, a nice Michinoku driver, uh, Shining Wizard combo that they hit. There was a nice combo of offense from Henry and uh, JD Drake at one point that I really liked. And then we got a big swing from uh, from our boy Claudio for the www. Anyway, and so yeah, with that, that takes us to Dark 175, Charlie. Yeah, and, and you know what? How much fun is Claudio having here? I got to say, it, it, he wasn't either one of our best 22, 2022 signings, but that's just because the ones that were have just, they've been nuts. So we're on, it's not fair to put him in that category. But man, this guy is working. He's wrestling so much. He's constantly featured in a good spot on the card. And all he ever wanted to do was wrestle. And you know what? He's fucking wrestling. And I, Claudio has been... I don't see a lot of people talking about it, but my God, what a success he's been in AEW. This and is wrestling. It is wrestling. And you know what? Good on him. I bet he's fucking loving it. I, I really think he's got to be just loving it. So, good on him. Let's kick us off on Dark. This was filmed uh, last Saturday. So... Is we covered, they went back to Universal. And how do you kick us off? Hagane Shino and Kenny Omega. Well, okay. Welcome back, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny showed up at Universal. It was probably fucking an insane response for the people there. But this match was just straight up fun. I, I, I bet you Kenny's wanted to wrestle Hagane for a little bit since he's been here in AEW. And they he went out there and wrestled a fun match he, he got people chanting for Hagane. Kenny's like a japanese wrestler i haven't wrestled oh he's like oh uh, and you know what he just went out there and just had a fun little match uh there were some fun quotes here he you know you're not osprey <laughs> this and that man they wrestled like 11 minutes and it was just a good time honestly it's, it's a fun dark match if you guys you didn't like it meh wow I'm not even kidding you. This probably would have been like one of my top three dark matches of the year. Nah, and nah, I just wasn't. I, I don't. Uh, Shino just hasn't impressed me yet. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. I, to me, this was my favorite match of his. So, uh, Action Andretti, uh, again, really good reaction here. He defeated Invictus Cash, and yeah, the Action Andretti hype train, man, it's it's gonna keep rolling. So I'll give you an example. So a guy like Invictus Cash, who we've seen like a handful of times. I've seen enough from him that like they signed him to Ring of Honor. I'd be like, yep, okay, that's fine. You know, that makes sense. Yep. Whereas Hagane Shino, I I would want to see him have a really good match first. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Marina Shafir defeated Angela and Angelica Risk. This was quick quick work here. Um, second victory, back to back nights. Just getting in the reps. Parker Boudreau defeated Gus De La Vega. This was Parker's first action since August. Um, and you know, he did. He hit his moves. Clearly, we know why now he's starting to get more reps because uh, they're teaming him up with one of the big stars. So, good on him here. Looks fine. Parker Boudreau looks like he's the captain of the wrestling team, and his dad's also the sheriff. That's so specific, but I can totally see it. But just think about his face and just and and like then, put a sheriff's hat on the dad version of that. Like, yeah, our new favorite team. I'm sorry, Pod. You're getting grouped into this. This is now on the podcast team. This is the Eat Sleep Elite team, and no one has a choice. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. The Spanish announced project. That's our new team, guys. And you know what? I'm fucking down. And Helico and Chaos Project, the Spanish announced project, defeated Jay Marte, Jared Diaz, and Richard Adonis. 
I did Honestly, request the Spanish announce team a while back when they mentioned one, then there wasn't one. So I'm glad they actually. This is went cool, man. That. They announced them as the new Spanish announce team, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna put you into a little project because why the fuck not?" And you know what? It's already paid off because on Rampage they were doing the Spanish announce shit, and they get called into the ring. It's already done its job, and it fucking this is gonna be a little fun project. <laughs> uh, Julia Hart defeated Sahara Seven. Julia's music looks good. Oh, also, I love that in the Battle Royal, they immediately eliminated an Helico, so there could be a Spanish commentator. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, right? Uh, but Julia Hart here, man, her first, uh, she now has a 15-match winning streak dating back to April. The new and improved Julia Hart. Just still getting her reps, so good on it. Evil good Julia it. is just, I mean, she's interesting. I, I, I have to say, like, I... I want to know what the plan is. Like, cause she said like, Oh, like the house of black showed me like how to be violent and stuff. But like, I feel like there's more going on here than that. I feel like it's there's leading something to Athena going. and there's going to be blood and guts, blood and goats. Jeff, blood and goats. Jeff Jarrett, AKA Slapnut, and Satnam Singh defeated Dean Alexander and Rosario Brillo. This was perfectly fine. Um, Yeah. After the match, Jarrett cut another promo talking about his motivations for attacking the AEW champions on Wednesday. The crowd was just chanting boring at him. <laughs> Slap note. That had to get to him. There's no way. He probably, he probably walked backstage. Fuck those is. Uh, the wingman, Peter Avalon, Ryan Nemeth with Cesar Venom, defeated Sage Scott and Jake St. Patrick. Uh, Nemeth with the eye poke. Will the wingman ever be used, Charlie? Nah, this is their use. This is it. Picking up wins like this is about that's their peak. Excuse me, Kip Sabian defeated Caleb Conley. Caleb with a K for you Impact fans. And uh, I mean, this was short, quick. Kip Sabian dub. We love seeing him. I feel like we we have like a feud with with Orange Cassidy for this guy, and he's just like not doing anything. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, just touching here and there, dingling the dingles. TBS champion Jade Cargill defeated Dream Girl Ellie. Uh, she just immediately cocked her with a fucking uh, face buster. Hey, yo. The, the running pump kick. Uh, and she drove her in the mat with the Jaded. Uh, one, two, three. I mean, literally three moves. Fucking one, two, three. But getting Kenny Omega, Jade Cargill, and Ricky Starks in the main event defeated Cesar Bononi. Uh, good on you, Dark. This is you, you should do this more at Universal. Bring in your stars like this because... It adds a lot, especially when you're promoting the show, slapping on, you know, three of your biggest stars. It's a Speaking good idea. Speaking of Lord Rickard of House Stocks. Lord Rickard. But yes, he, uh, Cesar kind of used the advantage early of his, you know, just his bigger size, but he, he, he whooped him up. He took him down. And my God, that was not all I did this week because, like you said, let's jump into uh, Dynamite here. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, Ricky Starks making the his way to the ring. Blue to open the night. And uh, he's making his way down there, man. He looks like a million bucks. Hello, what have we here? If someone can ever figure out the interconnected lore of all the <laughs> Game of Thrones references we've made, it'd be great. Because <laughs> um, then I could figure then I'll write, write it into a book and we can all sell it. But um, Ricky Starks does not hew the hammer, confirmed. Um, <laughs> no, but... He he says he wishes he would have been here as AW World Champion, but he lost due to MJF's cheating. That bitch ass motherfucker is cheating. Um, hey. If he has to work his way up to another title shot, he'll knock them all down and become world champ. 
Judas hits and Garrett, I immediately got a smile on my face because you know what? They're not fucking around with Ricky Starks. They're going to keep him and they're going to keep him on top in, in relevant programs. And now you're going to run Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho, which this again, if you're building up your, uh, your resume, getting Chris Jericho on, there's a good start. Uh, Sammy Guevara and Danny Garcia are also there. And you know, Sammy is now wearing some sweet new sunglasses or, uh, uh, Daniel Garcia is. Jericho said he's been watching Starks for a long time. I've been watching you, Lord Stark, for a long time. Called him million-dollar talent. Guarantees he'll be a world champion someday, just not yet. That's the truth. He will be. Jericho invites Starks to join the JAS. Starks said he respects Jericho, going from looking like an air fryer, built like an air fryer, <laughs> to being lean, mean, and dressed like a single father on his fifth divorce. Jesus. Starks turns him down, mentions Jericho's uh, lost action and dreading, says the JAS stands for jobbers. Good touch from last week, by the way. Starks called Garcia and Guevara jassholes and challenges Jericho to a match on January 4th. Where were you January 6th, Jericho? Um. No, but Jake Hager and his purple hat show, that wasn't, I don't have more specifics, but man, Ricky lit them the fuck up, and I was laughing my ass off the whole way. This That was fantastic stuff. He was, I'm not kidding him. Like, I know we called him the pebble last week, but there is some rock in Ricky Starks, and that's a reason why he's one of our pillars. I mean, this guy I mean, has. To give, give MJF shit for some of the from some of the low-hanging fruit he goes for, but like half the time he hits the fucking nail on the head. There's like, some truth in that because he does feel, he has charisma that not many people in this wrestling business have ever had. Yeah, I think that's what drew us to Ricky to begin with because he's a little bit older than a lot of the other guys on our pillars, but like it doesn't make that much of a difference. We did consider that when we were putting that group together, but we we were literally like looking for someone else besides Ricky. So we didn't say it, but we were kind of looking for somebody when we were originally putting it together. Um, but he, no one ever stepped up and it was just like, all right, well, it's, it's him then. It's not like it's not like he would have been eliminated. We would have just probably looked for someone a little bit younger to be a pillar, you know, but I can't picture an AEW without Ricky Starks at this point. It's kind of wild, you know, like I can't. And you know what? I It'd be really such think, a loss. Like oof. if he goes to WWE and becomes the megastar, we know he could be in like, he's that special. I'm going to be very upset that they let it happen, but just treat him right this year, man. Seriously. Call him like Rick Stardust or something. I don't know. Oh no, <laughs> but just treat him right this year. And I'm not kidding you guys. You have seriously, he's going to, he could be up for breakout star next year. If he goes from what he's at right now to being, you know, a consistent main event guy, forget about it. He could be one of the special talents of next year. Garrett, what did you think of this promo? And uh, how, it just, I guess how it made Ricky Starks feel like the massive star. We know he is. I thought this was like a good re like, I feel like uh, I've never really used this term, but I'm going to start using it. It was a good rebound promo. Like you lose and then you get to cut a promo to make yourself not look like a nerd. I feel like he did that well. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's just like a solid Ricky, Ricky Starks promo and like all the stuff that you mentioned, um, which eventually led to Jericho, uh, calling for the beat down from the JAS, which we then got one of the loudest pops of the week when action Andretti made the save, which yes, wow. good touch on that. Cause while I was watching, I'm like, man, Ricky doesn't have any friends. This, this is like legit. He doesn't have anyone left. They're not going to run hook back out here. That's not happening. And yeah, Action Andretti, it makes sense. Oh my god. Although although a team of Hook, Ricky Starks, and Jungle Boy sounds awesome. Oh, that sounds brilliant. But Action Andretti helping out Ricky. That wasn't all we saw of him. So 
We had then had our elite match, which we've already talked about. We see footage from last week, MJF scurrying away from Danielson. MJF calls him a gutless prick who robbed MJF of his moment. Hmm. Everyone wants to eat off MJF's plates, and when it comes to his reign of terror, there's that copyright we talked about last week. Brian Danielson will eat less than he desires and more than he deserves. So they're they're getting those copyrights in use already, baby. <laughs> I like that MJF has ascended now. Like he's just above everything. He's like, now I will destroy the universe. I will I will unleash a Terrigan mist. No, uh, MJF has become the Night King. Shout out the Night King. I, I got a Funko with the Night King fucking the looking Night at me King right now. <clears throat> Tony Schiavone interviews Action Andretti backstage, who has said his life has changed since the biggest upset of his life. Andretti said he and Ricky starts back out there against the frustrated jazz holes. Um, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard interrupted and said he's on fire. He turned around and was hit with a fireball. Uh, of course he was, right? Wizard. <clears throat> the sports entertainer. But, dude, Action Andretti can talk. He can go, man. Uh, this was his first promo. Push this kid to the moon. He can talk. He can throw punches. He can fucking – now he's 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 got the white meat baby face. Yeah, I, I Cameron really Grimes is ass. To the moon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Couldn't get the fucking mutant time. All right. Um, Renee Paquette. In-ring interview with Brian Danielson. This is kind of cool for us, you know. We, uh, we're doing our former shows, the RDP, the Squadcast, you name it. One of the things we always loved was Paquette and Danielson backstage doing their show. It was always great. So to see them in the ring now in AEW where they're doing what they want to do. He's, he's wrestling. She's doing her interviews. How great. Renee Paquette's been so great to have here. Dude, it was such a, like, energy. I don't know why they didn't hire her sooner. I mean, maybe she just wasn't interested or something, but, like, even if she wasn't, like, if there was any interest, that, in, they should have jumped on that, because she's, like, such a breath of fresh air, like... I, I think I think she just wanted to have some time after she had the kid, too, so I bet I that get, played into it. I get it. that, but, like, yeah. I would have I would have at least put her in some kind of talks for a deal way before they did, like, at the very least. Maybe they did, and I just don't know, but, like... Yeah, who knows? They could have had this inked for a year and just been like, all right, when you're ready, and... Because, you know, hey, shout out Renee. Uh, this was awesome. He, um, Danielson cut a really good promo here. Uh, the promos tonight were on fire. What do you mean? Danielson doesn't know how to cut a promo. He can't talk. He's all wrestling. I bought every word he said. And when he was staring into the camera, Regal was in the hospital. There are consequences to people's actions, and MGF has to pay for those actions. He, you know, he was trained by Rudy Boy Gonzalez and Shawn Michaels, made him the man who he is today. Regal made his career better he said the bcc might not understand but when regal was in the hospital he cried so yeah really good stuff and then it got even better ethan page and stokely hathaway interrupted complained about vegetable man danielson wanting to jump the line to get a title shot when page was in the finals true of the eliminated tournament and the final two with the diamond uh dynamite battle royal true excuse me just really some fantastic stuff there uh, Danielson said he couldn't hear what they were saying because he's blinded by Hathaway's bald head. And that <laughs> goes on as Stokely says, you raggedy bitch. You raggedy bitch. Uh, that, that popped Taz. And, you know, Taz is just, he's one of those guys. He's easy to pop, huh? We love Taz here. Um, Danielson wants to fight Paige. Who says he won't do it in San Antonio? He'll fight him next week in Denver. The crowd was eating this shit up. They were... They were giving Ethan Page exactly what he wanted here. 
Ethan Page felt like a vindictive. It doesn't it feel like Ethan Page just finally got like arrived? Like he was always like all, like a simmering. We were right just waiting for it. Yeah, like we were always but like this guy's like ready was... to go. Like he would get he it is. out in moments when he was with different groups. Like there was that one promo, that infamous promo he cut where he started screaming at everybody when uh when he was still with uh, uh Dan American Top Team. Yeah, yeah, and and then that's kind of what killed that program because like he was so much better than everybody else in that group. I'm just being honest, you know, like. It just made it, it was like it was either he needed to become the manager, which is what now has happened, you know, or he needed to, you know, go off on his own for a while, which he did. And it sucks for Dan Lambert and the rest of American Top Team. I feel like there was some stuff there, but yeah, whatever. Especially with Paige Van Zandt. I mean, I, I was always curious, but you know, I mean, the real thing is Ethan has become the Giga Chad. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. We've had that loaded up for a couple weeks, but I've never had the chance. Oh, yes. So they're going to fight next week. That'll be fun. The graphic is shown for the uh, Casino Trios Royale. Um, Hey, that kind of gave us an indication of our trios division. I was very happy about that. The the great promos don't end. Seriously. Video is shown. TNT and ROH TV champion Samoa Joe wishes everyone happy holidays except for Wardlow. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all. Except Wardlow, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he won't be having a happy new year. Come December 28th, all the holiday cheer for him ends. I'm okay if we just have uh, videos of Samoa Joe talking about ruining people's new year. That'd be all great. the holiday cheer Dude, ends. Samoa Joe is just so great. Like, it sucks that we didn't have him for a while because he's just so, like, he gets wrestling. So, like, you just give him any any style of segment and he'll make it work. It doesn't matter. You can give him he five will. minutes and he'll figure it out, you know? like Going through this show again is just making me realize how – what a healthy and just kind of fun AW roster we have right now. I mean, everyone can cut promos. It's just I really am very happy with the current state of our roster. And it didn't end there. FTW champion Hook was back facing Exodus Prime. No surprise here. No surprise because we last week were on this show talking about, man, did that Exodus Prime take advantage of his opportunity here and sell his ass off for Wardlow? He fucking did. He sold Wardlow's powerbomb better than anyone has yet. And that's a fucking credit on Exodus Prime who clearly Tony saw that and said, you know what? Let's get this guy another payday. He came out here, looked good against Hook. He, he by by looking good, I mean he just got his ass beat by Hook, but he sold it well at least. Yeah, it wasn't obvious. And Hook beat his ass backstage. Stokely was back there again, where Big Bill and Lee Moriarty are beating down Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Bill choke slammed Perry into the dumpster. Hook power walk back is, and yeah. So a little Hook segment, uh, more Hook and uh, Jack Perry stuff. I will say when Hook was walking to the back and then Mox's music hit, it was a little awkward. But I mean, kind of brought me back to like some 2020 AEW with that a little bit. Yeah. You oh, know? well, yeah, it was a little awkward, but I don't know. I, I like the idea of it just never that pace never ending. Right. But I mean, yeah, it's fine. I just it was a little weird because then they cut to commercial. If they hadn't cut to commercial, I wouldn't have cared. But like, yeah, he just came out. He didn't cut a promo or anything. And then it just went to but, break, uh, you know. You looking forward to Hook and Jack Perry against uh, Big Bill and Lee? It's kind of a it fun should be a good combo. match. I mean, that should be an awesome match. Like, but I, I you know, I will see. Like, if there's going to be a storyline here or not. If there's not, then eh, I mean, I'll be okay. But you know, like, I just I would rather them be involved in a story because I want to hear Big Bill cut some promos because he can. Yeah, you know, and, like, and it sounds like we're since they're not on the match card next week. It sounds like it's going to be a couple weeks build up before we get to their match, right? So it's now. 
this is week two of this, right? Yeah, give Big Bill a give, put Big Bill and Lee backstage next week or something. Give him a little promo. Give him give me something here, you know, like maybe one of those stand up promos where Hook and and uh, Jungle Boy are standing across and they do like a little interview and they agree and you to can no have violence. Jungle Boy get some revenge at the end of that. Yeah, yeah, they agree to no violence, but then Jungle Boy is the one that springs it because he's got that hard edge to him now. Like I'd, that that would work. This would all make sense. Like you know, I'll give you that one for free, AW. John Moxley. Darius Martin, uh, quick little match here. Moxley gave Darius a lot of offense in this one. I, I actually thought that was kind of nice. He he bled a little bit from his nose, so technically the bleeding streak is still alive. Um, this was perfectly fine. Darius, you know, he, he looked like he belonged against Moxley, which I guess is all you can really ask for. This was nothing to write home about. This was just Moxley picking up a nice win. Um, where this is Darius... something I wrote a while back in my notes, but like something that becomes super obvious when you watch a, a Darius match is that like, um, the the real technical wrestling side is Darius. You know, not that Dante can't do that, yeah. but like that, that he's like the substance and the flash and the pop is Dante. You know what I mean? Like, um, which that's a good way of putting it. Which is why they work so well as a team, but also it means that Darius is a little more versatile in the ring. So I think like there was more options here for him, but um. But they did True. some really, really cool stuff in the Battle Royale that I can't wait to talk about. So, you know, like. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, that was that match. The next chapter of the Book of Hobbes is shown. <clears throat> when Hobbes was three years old, he saw his uncle overdose on the floor. As a child, he was beaten, robbed, and had been stabbed and shot in his life. Only monsters would do that and in return have created a monster themselves. I. Dude, this is when he becomes the monster Hobbes. I fucking love these book of Hobbes chapters man this is doing something for him that i really hope replicates the next time we see him in in the ring it, it, i hope people are following along as much as we are because i also I'm not think i also hope Hobbes gets some kind of like evil space jam movie or something like that for wrestling be this awesome. is this is like adding because not only is it making it, it makes it's adding so many layers to him right because we're understanding what what turned him into this i mean yeah he was shot he was stabbed you know, he's been wiping blood off the floor. You name it. He was beaten. And now he's this big animal. He's this big beast. He's going to beat the fuck out of someone. And I just, I can't wait. He to needs to leave someone time. in a pool of blood. That it should be, be it. They should do some. It okay, needs to be if you want to creatively use blood AEW, instead of having someone cut themselves open in the middle of a match where like they could get like their heart rate up and start bleeding out. Do a segment backstage where someone gets a little bit of color, but make it so that it's like. You, you could even use fake blood to do this. Just have somebody in a, in a pool. But someone needs to be left in a pool of blood. Leave them pillaged and beaten. Pillaged. Right, speaking of village. pillage and beating, uh, the Gun Club, Austin and Colton, defeated the IWGP and AAA Tag Team Champions FTR. So we're kind of continuing Which that Which in story. reality should make them one of the biggest tag teams in the world, but it doesn't. Yeah, so this kind of continues the story of F the wheels are falling off for FTR, right? At the end of 2022. They've lost three matches in a row, putting over people. Uh, I, I I don't like this uh, for their chances at Wrestle Kingdom, by the way. That makes me a little scared, but here we go, right? We've been we've been talking about this match for the guns for a couple about a month and a half now. I don't felt like I didn't feel like they were out of place, but I don't think this is the star making match that I was kind of hoping it would be for them. They looked all right. Again, we've pointed this out before. I feel like a lot of things look better with Colton. 
Uh, yes. Whereas, which is sad know, because Austin was the trained wrestler, but you know. But there's something I don't know what it is, and and you know, as time goes on, even even the finish, I I think he he got a little got a little uh, wonky with it on the roll up. It, it's just it's little things with Austin, and I don't want to nitpick on him. I'm sure, he's a nice guy, and Austin cuts. Austin cuts all the great promos. So I think I genuinely think I think because he was so invested in wrestling his whole life. Uh, not that it was his whole life, but like he was the more invested in wrestling. When I think he gets in his head, man. I think because Colton doesn't have that investment, or at least he didn't at one time. You know, like like uh, like Austin did, like throughout a good amount of his life. I think he, I think he gets nervous, man. I think it's really easy for people to do that. I've seen Dante do it, and you can tell like Dante doesn't talk about it because he doesn't really do like interviews like that. At least I haven't seen any. You know, but like if they, we should get some Dante interviews. Have Dante do press next time they do press. By the way, AW, I'd love to hear from Dante. But, um, <clears throat> but Dante, Agreed. you know, um, you could tell really loves wrestling. You know what I mean? You could just tell. You could see the guy like bleeds wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, but with Austin, you can see the same thing. But you can also, like, I feel like that can get in your head. I've seen it happen with Dante too. So it's like you know, I don't know, man. It's but I still agree. I think Colton is between the two of them. I would. If I was going to take either of them, like if we had to choose one gun tomorrow and it wasn't, and we didn't have to choose daddy ass because of course, you know, but if we can only choose one gun and daddy ass is already protected, you know, um, then I think I would choose Colton, which is real. It's kind of a weird thing to think about when you know that Austin is the one that was more invested. I don't know. It's re it's really weird, you know, that's not something, uh, thought we'd be going into, you know, to say the least. So, yeah, that being said, um, Excalibur even mentioned the losing streak of FTR. So if this ends up with them kind of just needing to seek, you know, so the, their wheels are falling off, right? They're, they're losing confidence in themselves. Who can they possibly bring the confidence back and it's CM Punk or something? I mean, that that's a way he could return. Because as uh, speaking of uh, CM Punk, uh, F, Dax just launched a new podcast and his first guest is CM Punk. So, I guess I'll have to tune into that. They're still friends. I mean, uh, we'll see. What I mean, there's goes no on way he doesn't. There. There's no way he doesn't talk about it on there, right? Yeah, I believe he, he called the the podcast FTR with Dax Harwood, and he said it stands for Friends Tequila and Wrestling. So did he just <laughs> leak to us what FTR means? Is that is it is it no longer a mystery? I thought it, I thought it meant Fear the Revolt. Yeah, but there it is. FTR, Actually, it also friends, means Tequila the- and Wrestling. Fuck the revival. That's not. Nah, that's probably really what it is. Shout out Cody, man. The guy was a fucking genius. Okay, it's time. Rick Ross mediates the Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee face off. Um, if I had it as an audio plug, I would put it here. Uh, when Rick Ross said to Keith Lee, "You a big motherfucker," <laughs> that really got me. Uh, I was laughing my ass off. Like, Keith's face is like, "Oh no, oh shit." But you know, Tony backstage is like, yeah, I'll pay it. Fuck it. It's Rick Ross. That'll go viral everywhere. And it did. It went viral everywhere. It was all over the place. And you a big motherfucker. You a big motherfucker. And that that's all it takes, man. Sometimes you pay those fines just for that. It's kinda... <laughs> They've toned uh, down the word Rick shit, but, but you can't control Rick Ross. So The so biggest the boss. Biggest boss. Keith Lee came to the ring. Um, Strickling took his time walking out with a steel chair. Told Lee to keep an eye on the Keep his eye on the ball and eyes in the back of his head. Parker Boudreaux attacks Lee from behind, but got clotheslined on the floor for his troubles. Rick Ross said Swerve is an icon and a legend. 
And as Lee went after Swerve on the ramp, got attacked by another guy. This guy was all tatted up all over. And it's kind of funny. Um, people really can't even, they don't even know who this guy is. I was gonna say, do, is uh, This must be some unknown then, I would think. Yeah, this. Like, I think this is someone who might be just knowing knowing Parker and Swerve, but he's just not, he's just He may not be in wrestling. like a super known quantity, but he knows these guys. You know what I mean? Like, and that yeah. makes sense. And so, uh, Boudreaux dropped Lee with a chair to the back of the head. To the back, the two laid him out in the ring steps with a cinder block on his ribs. Strickland hit a double stomp off the top through the cinder block as Rick Ross were Boudreaux, and unfortunately, we're just going to call him the other guy for now, had matching mogul affiliates shirts. Swerve now has backup. So, first of all, that cinder block spot was one of the coolest things I've seen in wrestling. So, that was fucking that isn't one thing you can say when that kind of shit happens. I mean, absolutely, only one thing. Come on, take us away here. So there's your Simmons, but like, goddamn, like that was a cool looking spot. I never even thought about that, and I, I don't even. Yeah. I, that probably hurt like a bitch. Though. And again, it fits with Swerve. It fits with his vindictive, sinister character he's been developing. Now I don't think this went as smooth as they wanted it to, but by all means, this was not some god awful segment. I, I think it served its purpose, but it's just a little awkward. Mainly, I think it's a little awkward only because we didn't know the other guy too. That probably played into it, but I think. But that goes back to what we were saying. Not everything has to be a surprise. This guy might be a star. You never know. He might not be on the show in six months. But, you know, for now, he's going to help out. Swerve and Parker Boudreaux being linked together makes a lot of sense because they are linked together IRL. They they have all the same connections with everyone. And having someone like Rick Ross do their first affiliation, like, dude, the potential is limitless here. I think... No, Keith Lee is limitless. He is, but... You know what? I'm very glad, very glad Parker got out of the Trustbusters because that's a sinking ship. And I'm just, I don't want him anywhere near it anymore. If Edge saw something in Parker, son of a bitch, we can all see something in him. All right. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. There's a lot of people like, oh, this guy's trash. Well, you know what? Edge fucking saw I might be one of those people. And that's fair. You're allowed to have that opinion. But there's something here. And that's, that's just the way it is. Can Swerve unlock it? Maybe. But I think this is our next step in Swerve being this mogul affiliation I will thing. say, it's good to have him in a faction of people that actually seem to be, like, somewhat experienced, you know, like, so. Let alone someone like Swerve, who's a, who, who anything he touches right now is going to be hot. Because, like, maybe this guy isn't, like, some known quantity, but maybe he's just some indie wrestler that can provide that indie sort of. Not that Swerve can't, but maybe Swerve is more interested in teaching him the things he learned at the WWE, you know, like, that he can apply. It's so funny. I was I was literally having a conversation with someone this past week when I was watching Dark. I was like, man, Parker is just – he's really going to have to grind through the Trustbusters. He's going to have to somehow stand out in a sinking ship. And how do you – how is he going to do that? Yeah, he well, got really lucky that this happened. He got lucky. He wasn't he, doing he, much to distinguish himself in this. He jumped that, ship. Yeah. So, you know, he and got lucky. you know what? They can, they can, uh, Ari's not even doing matches. Uh, the Trust Busters is going to be gone. Ari already this. jumped ship. Ari's now part of that faction with, uh, he's been coming out with, uh, with, um, with the Blanc, the, the, Blanc, the, the varsity, varsity athletes. athletes. Yeah, he's part of so. that, like, Mark, uh, that Mark uh, Sterling faction now. So even he's abandoned his own faction at this point. Like, it's so unfortunate because I was really liking what Sonny Kiss was doing. So eh, here's what whatever. you do: you take who's left, Slim J, Jeeves K, Sonny Kiss, and you just form it into Sonny Kiss's faction. There you go. Yeah, kick out Jeeves and bring in Fuego. Fuego fills everyone's problems. All right, I'm gonna say it every week. Just bring in Fuego. They can have a fourth person. They had four or five people before. Like what? Fuck it. Just. Uh, 
And then we had our fantastic Dynamite main event, which we've already touched on. So, all right, guys, moving on. That was our Dynamite Holiday Bash. We have the Rampage Holiday Bash. All right, we kick us off with the Three Kings Casino Battle Royal. All right. For $300,000. Which, let's let's be honest, we were talking about this. I think it was actually 100 k I, I would like to think that he gave the boys the hundred. I think Tony Khan, because think think about who won it too. Ar Fox, more than deserving of it. This guy's been grinding his ass off on the Indies for years, training multiple talents. Dante Martin, he's wrestled the most matches in AEW in 2022, and Darius Martin, who was in a horrific car accident, and he's kind of been unfortunately had the shit end of the stick in 2022 with injuries and whatnot. So. And it's if not it like AEW doesn't still pay. I'm sure everyone's still getting paid all the time, regardless of like. You and everyone's know. getting their holiday bonuses. You name it. This is just an extra but bonus for these guys. These guys probably. Let's be real. Out of the three of them, especially AR Fox, they probably made some of the lower amount of money for people this year. So if he was just like, you yeah. know what, I'm gonna give them a big win and a you know uh, a series of good matches and a big win to end the year on. It's a nice moment for their families at Christmas too to see them pick up like a massive win because they usually lose. You know what I mean, like. And if so, it is fake money and they got way less than that, so what? I mean, they got a big win, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I would like right? to think but, they at least sweeten the pot for the winner of the match at least a little agree, bit more. Agree. I would hope. I, I, but come on, Tony Khan. Give them all 100K. Do it. Coward. Do it. Coward. Khan. Kip Sabian and the Butcher and the Blade, the best friends, Roosh, Preston Vance, and Jalistico, the Blackpool Combat Club, the Dark Order, which are down to just three members until they add Fuego. Uh, our new... Our new podcast team, the Eat Sleep Elite Boys and themselves, the Spanish announce team, Serpentico and Helico and Luther. Serpentico, um, hit me up on Twitter and we'll do an interview. Ari Davari and Varsity Athletes, yes. And then AR Fox and Top Flight. So Garrett, this is kind of a looking a peek into our trios division, excluding Death Triangle, House of Black, and uh the Elite. Uh we're taking a peek into our trios division, and it's still very fluent, very loaded, and the feuds out of this, you never know what's going to happen next. I mean, we might have Roosh and uh, Claudio. Claudio. Yeah, it could be very good. Absolutely. Yeah, there was lots of stuff. Like, I, that's the cool thing about these battle royals that I was saying to you off off air was like they, they usually set up some random matches. So maybe we'll get some of that out of this. Yeah, it could be some fun stuff. Sorry about that. Uh, I did like that Hangman just involved himself, even though like, and they're like, I, I, don't, I don't know if I like there being like security in the battle royal. That felt weird, but you know, like, yeah. Um, I think said, Garrett, if you want to uh, run down a little bit of this match, and maybe we had next up, we had. The Eddie Kingston and Ortiz promo, and then the Jade thing. I'm going to go grab a pineapple real quick. And, uh, yeah, yeah, just take the lead from here for a second. Copy, copy, right copy. There. Yeah, so we had Ortiz and Kingston. They cut, like, a little bit of a promo after this match. Um, actually, I'll, I'll talk about the Three Kings Battle Royal again for a second, because there's some interesting stuff in there that I thought uh, I, I would mention. Like, uh, I liked Jalistico not being, like, just forgotten after what happened there. Um, Mark Sterling continuing to uh, obliterate Texas said some pretty awful shit. Said that basically said all of the Texas women are cows. Uh, I don't, I can't sign off on that statement because I don't think that about anybody for that matter. But like, also just Jesus Christ, Sterling. Um, Tony Nice might have had one of the coolest eliminations ever when he just got chucked over the top. Like they've probably done that before in battle royals, but it just looked cool. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I liked Hangman costing Mox. Good winners. Like our boys picking up some some uh, some fake money, you know. 
But like Ortiz and Kingston um, was really interesting because Eddie had, well, first of all, before, before, before I get into the actual substance here, Eddie barked at the crowd because Ortiz went and grabbed like, a little dog, uh, like, you know, printed off thing that they put in the crowd. So there was a little bark back and forth between Eddie and the crowd. I would like to see that for 10 minutes, please. Eddie barking with the crowd. Um, please, please allow that to happen uh, on a random episode when they're trying to build up the show and there's no dark for some reason, uh, pre-show. Uh, we called out the House of Black. And then the House of Black came on on the speaker. Well, actually, I think Julia appeared up at the top of the ramp at first, but then she, you know they actually yeah, appeared so. on the on the camera uh, backstage. So she pointed to the Contron. The Con Whoever called it that. GG. Absolutely. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they sowed some seeds of doubt. So I don't know if the implication was now, Charlie. A lot of people are going to say, "Oh, the implication here is that Ortiz is going to turn on Eddie." Charlie, I'm going to flip everything on its head. Eddie has been getting slowly darker and darker and unnecessarily attacking people after the bell for months. I think they've been slowly stealing Eddie, not the other way around. I would love it. Think I'm about it. Eddie. I'm not saying this that because of his history with mental illness, that would make him more susceptible to that kind of thing. Although I think that when cults are forming, they do tend to prey on people that have issues. So I, I think... Uh, there, there's a there's a really fucking visceral story they could tell there if Eddie wanted to go there. I don't know if that's the plan here. It could just be a simple story of Ortiz turning on Eddie because there's also the the seeds of that being planted for a while because of him refusing to you know not beat people up after the bell. So that would be really interesting. Um, but oh yeah, uh, did you have any thoughts on this? Just, I, I spent more time on it than I thought I would, but like it's just uh, you know Eddie barking at the crowd was hilarious. Um, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was fun and. Yeah, I like you said, putting some some cool ideas in our head here. That we'll just have to wait to see how it how it plays if it out. plays out the way I was just saying, it'll be such a cool story. Like, and it'd be such a great story for the House of Black to come back and just like have been slowly in the background. You didn't realize it, but they were actually manipulating him the whole time. Like, that would be a cool story. Like, it, for them to have had a presence while they weren't really there, that would have been. And I, I hope that's where they're going. If not, though, I won't be disappointed because it's still it's still cool either way, you know. Yeah. Um. Then we have Renee Paquette backstage with uh, Sammy and, and uh, Daniel Garcia. Dude, the uncomfortable energy from this segment. <laughs> there was some uncomfortable energy. Sammy so just, well. Oh, my Sammy God. Sammy wanted to give him a hug, and, and uh, <laughs> he didn't want to know part of it. So, well, yeah, dude, it was pretty funny. Garcia is like all of us fucking introverts. He's like, no, leave me alone. Don't touch me, you know? <laughs> and then uh, TBS champion Jade Cargill with the baddies. Defeated Vert Vixen in an eliminator match. Uh, like I said, good week for Vert Vixen. Uh, getting beat up by Jade and Athena. I mean, she's living my dream. So, bro, um, yeah, I love. I, I I appreciate what Jade does, but I just feel like at this point there is like nothing to be gained by her being the champion anymore. Like, it's just to continue dominance. That's it. I mean, but like, the, okay, dominance for what? Like, where is it? Like, if, uh, if somebody beats her eventually, it's not even going to mean anything anymore. Like. That's, no, that's how will. I feel. When, when it happens, it's going to feel big. Be, but but it'll, you know what just... it'll feel like? And this is going to suck, and I'm going to be right retroactively for this. And you'll just have to trust me on this. Is that when she loses the title and then we get some title defenses back to back to back to back to back that are really, really, really good, it's going to feel really weird. And it's going to be really difficult for her to end up going. I think like it's going to hamstring her going forward because Tony Khan is a very uh, observant person. He recognizes when something is better than something he was doing before. I'm not saying that Jade isn't going to be able to recover, but I just wonder what she's going to do if she does ever lose that title. And you can't keep it on her forever. That's just 
That's yeah, just who, silly. Who knows how long they keep it on, but yeah, I mean, she again, it's it's been a year and she still doesn't feel touchable. So I, I guess they're doing something in that aspect. I just don't know what, what what's the end game here. I get no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, she Vert Vixen sold her ass off for these kicks again. Somehow we, we need break. we need Layla to come off the shelf and be like, it's time to do it myself for the main event. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Ruby Soho has enlisted Willow Nightingale in her feud with Ty Mello and Anna JAS. They will fight on Wednesday. Uh, Ruby doesn't fist bump. Uh, the new Dynamite, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli will take on Top Flight. Wardlow cut a promo about facing Samoa Joe for the TNT Championship. A commercial aired. I, I boiled that. Or I, I butchered that. A, a commercial aired for the new Dynamite that will air January 4th. It features those new uh, those new kind of little press things they did. As we saw the Young Bucks showcasing on BTE a couple weeks ago. They filmed a whole bunch of new shit for people. So that makes sense. The new Dynamite's going to feature that. So outside the arena, Powerhouse Hobbs beat the crap out of someone. He said he wants it all. Good on him. Here you go. Main event time. Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Slap Nut, Billy Gunn, Anthony Bowens. Take us away here. Yeah, so uh, we had we had Bowens and Daddy Aztec and on the Slap Nut Express. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, actually, they were called Triple J, which I actually like that name as a team. Um, I also liked the fucking mixed entrance music they had. It actually was it wasn't terrible. Like that was it actually sounded interesting. The mix of the entrance music. I don't know. I thought. It vibed the same it, way. As, it like, worked. It did work. It vibed the, the same way to me that like uh, Golden Truths music did. It wasn't perfect, but it, it works for now. You know what I mean? Like, um, they're not Golden Truths. Sorry, uh, the the Fashion Police. Like their music wasn't it wasn't like great, but they did enough of a mix that it worked. You know, like I don't know. I'm fine with it. Um, the pre match promo was funny um, because we had like that like a uh, little like everyone loves the acclaimed line, which I thought was good. Um. And uh, there was also uh, there was Excalibur's cousin I saw in the crowd. There was some random guy in a lucha mask. So they must be related. Um, and uh, I just I can't deny Jeff Jarrett at this point. Everything he has done, pretty much, I've not had anything that I could say about other than that he's just a little boring for me. But you know, like as yeah. first opponents for the well, I guess not first opponents because you know technically FDR, but first like real feud for acclaimed coming out of Swerve in Our Glory. I guess it kind of makes sense because they're not going to do anything special but they're also not gonna break anything you know like so just can't have slap nuts win <sighs> i yeah i mean it's why billy got i mean yeah so they said caster was unable to compete but it also feels like they kind no, of no oh, no i'm fine with them winning this just can't have them win the titles well yeah i mean does that does that to you feel like this is where this is going because <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be for the title match somewhere well, no, i no, no, i mean where. like that they would win because i think i I just oh, think yeah, this is no, the first I, I don't think they're going to win, but I would be very disappointed if they did. Yeah, I don't. I can't see. I mean, just for the heat, but like, then where do you go from there? And then they have to be champions for a little while. And I don't know if that would work. I don't know. It depends. But I overall, it was good. It wasn't like, you know, other main events quality. And I've said this before. It's nothing against the acclaimed. They're just not like um, Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? They're very, very good wrestlers, but they're just like you know i would put them on the same level as like um like at top end anthony bowens would be like Dolph ziggler you know what i mean like yeah he's which good. is Dolph yeah. ziggler is good but Dolph ziggler is not like a 20-time world champion you know but Dolph ziggler you could see him being a world champion you know so um yeah, and anthony yeah this was i mean look it served its purpose it was fine 
Top Ham Knox Caster, this, though. Oh, hey. This was a this was a weaker rampage than last week, but that's okay. And you know what? This this served its purpose. And yeah, I guess I guess we move on from here to uh, their next feud. And you know, just I just hope the matches are great, right? So yeah. next week we got Ruby Soho, Willow Nightingale versus Ty Mello and Anna G A S, the Elite versus Death Triangle, No DQ in match six of the best of seven. This is a uh, false count anywhere, actually. Hell yeah. Although it said no DQ, I don't know. Top Flight versus Claudio Casanoli and John Moxley. Nice. Ethan Page versus Brian Danielson. Nice. TNT champion Samoa Joe defends against Wardlow. Really the nice. The Meat Man. The Meat Mayor. Oh. Uh, but the that'll be it for us, bill. guys. Um, again, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to everyone. Uh, if you stuck around for all this, we appreciate you checking it out. Slap nut. And yeah. Um, if you guys are interested in Twitch at all, if you feel like checking Duke out here, it, with the Twitch the TV slash Slapnut. Yeah. <laughs> Slapnuts. Slap that's one of my favorite things. Um, that'll be it for us, guys. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. And eat Sleep Elite for the New Year's Smash. Slapnut. Slapnut. Bring the meat.